Welcome to our PME. This is Saratova Best. Here is our question. We're in Parsis Balak. Should you follow the rules of nature? Are they working for you? Is there any other way of doing it? Don't you have to make a vessel in nature if you want a bracha? If you want something to work out, don't you have to, you know, if you want a job, then put together a resume and and go for an interview and do all of those things. That's what you're supposed to do. So let's just look into it. We'll probably do this in two parts. Um, because in Parshas Balak, there's this whole discussion. It's really the template for this idea. The question is, how much we have upgraded to a level where, well, let's say, I guess the question is, must we always make a vessel in nature? Or is there any other way to do it? Um, it's interesting that just last night I was at a gathering, and one woman, she should have a foolish lameness, she was saying that she finds that whenever she tries to do things in nature, and I'm certainly not, I'm not saying we shouldn't, of course we should. You need a job, you, you put a resume, you, you, you want to go to school, you go and register. All of those things, we should. But she was finding that whenever she tries to set things up, they never seem to work. And when she says, Hashem, I know you're going to do a good job with this, it seems to work out better. Again, that doesn't mean stop doing things because we're in a world in which Hashem puts us in this world to do things. But the question is why we're doing things. Because we'll, we'll, we'll say it as an example. You come to a door, you come to um, a house, standing in front of the house. You want to get in. What should you do? You put the key in the lock and you turn it. And let's say you, you, you turn the, you turn the doorknob. Turn the key, now it's set. Unlock it, now turn the doorknob, push the door, go in. Okay? That's true, right? Yes and no. Why are you turning the doorknob? What do you mean? That's how the door opens. That's how I get in the house. Really? Is that true? Well, says Hashem, no, I'll tell you how you get in the house. Ask me to get you in the house. That's the way to get in the house. But when you ask me to get you in the house, in other words, come to me. Don't rely on yourself. Don't think, oh, I can do it. All I need is myself and a door. I know how to turn doorknobs. No. Ask me. I'm the one who gets you in the house. So come to me. Let's have a relationship. Appeal to me. Now, by the way, most likely, when you say, Hashem, please get me in, into this, in this door, into the house, most likely I'm going to say to you, okay, if I say okay, turn the doorknob. Turn the key and then turn the doorknob. Now, why are you then turning the doorknob? Because that's what gets you in the house? No. What got you, what's getting you in the house is, is reaching out to Hashem. But most of the time, the way Hashem has it set up is that he wants us to follow in order to bring this bracha to fruition, in which he, we ask him for something and he gives us what we ask for. He gives us certain natural things to do. So why are we doing them? It's a hike. Hashem says, do it till we do it. If Hashem were to say, you would like to get in the house, um, Drink a sip of coffee. You have coffee in your hand, drink a sip of coffee. It would make about as much sense. 
How is drinking a sip of coffee going to get me into the house? How is turning a doorknob going to get you into the house? All the same thing. The only thing that will get me into the house is asking Hashem and having a relationship with Hashem. So why am I turning the doorknob? Same reason I might take a sip of coffee. Simply a command of Hashem. Hashem says, I will get you in. And this is what I want you to do. Why do I want you to do it? That's the way I set up the system. So really I'm not getting into the house because I turned the doorknob. I'm getting, I'm getting into the house because I, I turned to Hashem and I asked Hashem to get me into the house. So here in Harshas Balak, this idea, and the question is, does this go through an upgrade? This idea in Parshas Balak, um, we're going to see how it's brought out uh, from the Haftira. Because the din is, by the way, <coughs> me, why do we read Haftira? The Haftira is always a, a, a taste of the Parsha. Um, and usually, and it comes at the end of the Parsha. So when we, and, and we are usually looking to see what the connection is between the Parsha and the Haftira because they will match each other. The Haftira was, so to speak, chosen by, I guess, the Chachamim at a time of Great Gezerah when we weren't allowed to read from the Chumash. They chose a portion of Nach that completely corresponded to the portion of the Taira. But of course it was with Ruch HaKadosh. So the Haftira will always match, so to speak, the Parsha. So Parsha's Balak and it's Haftira. What is the connection? The Haftira is that Hashem says to us, Ami, Zachar na Mayayit Balak. Haftira says, my nation, remember what Balak, the king of Mayav, wanted to do. What was his advice? You know, he paid, he paid Bilam, he hired Bilam, who was an expert sorcerer, to say not very positive things to the Jewish people. Let's put it that way. So, remember, my nation, says the Haftar, what Balak wanted to do, this king of Mayav. And when he hired Bilaam, what did Bilaam answer him? And he said, I'm paying you to go to the Jewish people, to stand up on the mountain and look down at the Jewish people and say certain things that uh, would have not a positive effect on the Jewish people. That's what I'm paying you for. So what did Dylan answer? And he was in Shittim, in the place called Shittim. So that's what Parsha's Balak is about, the Parsha. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what Parsha's Balak is about. And it's also, we see that same scene in the Haftira. So we know, as we said before, the whole idea of reading of Tyra comes from a time of darkness. But since everything is in the head, the beginning of the of Tyra is expressing the whole theme of the Parsha. What's the Haftira? What does it say? Lahayish Eris Yaakov the care of Amim Rabin. We're just going to describe a theme. Now, again, we're referring to, should we follow the laws of nature or not? But we're going to describe the time in which that this refers to. What period in history are we talking about that tells us that it's time for an upgrade in how we deal with the laws of nature? When will that be? Or was it already? Or is it? So the Haftira describes it. 
of this week. You have a remnant of the Jewish people among the nations. Yeah? Right? Amim Rabim. And what do they do? We're basically talking about a time when we're spread out among the nations. Some live in California, some live in Florida, some live in New York, some live here, some live there, South Africa, you know, different places. And what do we do? What's our attitude when we live among them? Because if we live among them, we have two choices. We can either start to think the way they think, which is more classically, you know, the world runs on its own. The universe, the universe runs on its own, right? We can think like them, or we can think in a completely different leadership way. You can either influence how the world thinks or be influenced by them. Because we're living, this is describing a time when we're living among the nations right now. So what are we supposed to do? Asher lo yekava le'ish, lo adam. The Avaida is don't um, don't depend on ish, and don't depend you know depend on bnei adam. Don't depend on man. What we just said about the doorknob. Go straight to Hashem. You want a job? Speak to Hashem about it. He might tell you then. Write out a resume and go for this interview and speak to the boss. Wait, so the boss is giving me a job. No, 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 no. Hashem is giving me the job. So why do I have to go for an interview? That's what Hashem said. For my bracha to be fulfilled, I'm telling you to go speak to the boss. So this period in history, when we're spread among the nations, the Avaita is supposed to be, and we're going to go through an upgrade, don't depend on mankind. Deal with Hashem. So when is this period in time? The beginning of the Geula. We're not talking in this Aptira about a time when we have the Shia Sadai. No. The Aptira is describing exactly before we have Mashiach Sadai. When we're still, when we're, the Aptira is talking about the beginning of the Geula. And what's it like at the beginning of the Geula? Well, after, once the ghoul is fully here, no more war. <clears throat> and epochel amim lavat After Mashiach is fully revealed, and we have the full ghoul, there's no more war, there will be no more war, all the nations will be transformed to serve Hashem with one language. We won't any longer, in those days, have to worry that they might drag us down with their worldly mindset. Because they will speak that heavenly, godly, true language as well. Everybody will be speaking the same language. Hopefully, excuse me, hopefully, we will have been the ones who got them there. Hopefully. So again, going back to the, the setting of the Haftarah, the Haftarah is speaking about a time before that. The Haftarah is describing a time when there's still war with the nations. How do you know? It says, Baha'i Eretz Yaakov Agayim. There's a remnant of Yaakov among the Gayim. Ta'ari Behemoth Yar, There's a lot of stuff going on. Sounds like now. A lot of stuff going on. Not simple. Life is not simple. Getting weirder all the time. Looks good, and then it looked like everything, looked like everything fell apart. A lot of, a lot of wars. We just experienced 
lot of missiles, Rahman Islam sent it Eretz Yisrael, that's called war. So that's the time that the Haftarah is dis- describing. And again, to keep bringing this back, we're, we're going to see why at that, this time, why the upgrade with nature will come. And not only that, in this time, when we're still in war, and we don't yet have Mashiach Fadai, there's evil from within and evil from without. That means, how do you know there's evil from within? They're doing war against us. They're attacking us. That's called evil. It sounds like no. That's what the Hatayrit is clearly describing now. Not sometime in the past. Now. So they're, they're after us. They're still after us. There's evil from without, and there's also evil from within. Because it says, the hikarti kshafim yadcha, the hikarti kshilcha, v'nasashti ashirecha. Hashem is saying, I will uproot your idols. Hashem is saying, you guys will be very steeped in a vaydazara, with idols, idolatry, all kinds of stuff. The, all these, you know, the trees that people would bow to, again, this is probably representative. But you guys will be steeped in Avaita Zara, and I will have to just go in and pull it out of you, uproot it all. And how bad will be this inner evil? Azatikas says, we will need help from above, because we just won't be able to untangle ourselves from it. It will be such a mess. You know how people say, oh, well, Mashiach can't come unless we have total access. Whatever total access looks like. I thought we have total access. We could just change the standard, by the way, and say, what do you mean? On the level of Esam and Nefesh, every Yid is one with each other. We have total access. You know, the way they change the, the standards in the field of nutrition. Nobody gets a thousand milligrams of vitamin C a day, so they change the standard. They say, oh, we decided you only need 500. And then everybody gets the full amount. <laughs> just move the bar. But in the pirate saying, it will be so bad, it will be so steep in not the true mindset that Hashem will just have to come and cut it right out of us. We just won't be able to disentangle ourselves from it. Bikarti, the Nasashti. I'll just have to cut it out. I'll have to uproot it. We just won't have the strength to get ourselves out of it. Gemara says, um, a person cannot get himself out of his own imprisonment. So, right, when we become very entangled in something, it's often extremely difficult, sometimes feels impossible, to get ourselves out of that personal imprisonment, and we need someone else to pull us out of it. So here, the Tyre is describing a time when we just won't be able to disentangle ourselves from the evil in ourselves, and Hashem will have to do it. <clears throat> so now we have this, we figured out the time. Now what else is happening in this time period? This time period is called the beginning of the Geula, when there will be the last preparation for the Geula Shlema. That's it. So that's very interesting. We always thought the beginning of the Geula would be nice, tiptoe through the tulips, Birds chirping, flowers blossoming, 
everybody's smiling like they do in the ads. I don't know what they're smiling about. And it's, life is just good. All the bad stuff is gone. And it's the beginning of the Ga'ul. And we say, thank God it was so hard for all those generations. Thank God it's all over. We always thought that that would be the beginning of the Ga'ula. Here the Hafsaira says, not at all. The beginning of the Ga'ula is a time when we're being attacked from the outside. We live among the nations. We're kind of scattered and lost among the nations. We're being attacked by the bad guys out there. They're, they're creating wars against us. And from within, there's a lot of stuff. We have an internal war. We're so steeped in idolatry that we can't extricate, extricate ourselves and Hashem has to come and just pull us right out. And that's called the beginning of the Geula. Doesn't sound too tasty. But it's good, as they say, it's good to know. Why is it good to know? Because here we have many, many people saying, asking, when will Mashiach come? Because if you say, well, Mashiach is already here and the process is unfolding. I said, that can't be. Why not? Because life doesn't feel good. Look at all the enemies. Look at all the problems. Look at all the wars. Look at all the bad stuff people are thinking and feeling and going through and, oh, God forbid, all this stuff. That can't be Geula. So here the Haftarah says, sure is. The first phase of Geula is not a fun time. It's when all this stuff is going on. So, and this is going to be the backdrop for the moment that comes when we're told to upgrade in our relationship with nature. So the Sedra, Parshas Balak, is also speaking about a similar time. The par- Parshas Balak talks about us just before we're about to go into Eretz Yisrael, into the land of Israel. We want, we left, we were in slavery for some 200 years. We wandered in the Midbar in the desert for 40 years, preparing to go into Eretz Yisrael. And now we're about to go in. That's the, that's, that's the time frame. So again, the Parsha is talking about we're about to enter the land of Israel. After all that slavery and wandering and preparing. And now Tyre is talking about we're about to enter Yemaisa Mashiach after all those years of Gullah. But as we're about to enter, whether it's in the Parsha or the Haftira, we are bombarded with a ton of difficulties, darkness, problems, falling apart. It's a total mess. It's not a pretty scene. Neither in the Parsha nor in the Haftira. In the Parsha, our model, this guy Balak, Who's, in, who's the king of Maya, has it in for us, God forbid. And at the last second, when we've gone through so much and we're about to enter Eretz Yisrael and this is going to be it and we'll build the base and have Mashiach, God forbid, he's trying to figure out how to get rid of us. Rahman Islam, final solution. When we're, we're almost there. Mithamol, this guy comes and he wants to, you know, okay, yalla, let's get rid. God forbid. Hayalatiya. So from this we understand that the beginning of the ghoul is not such a fun time. So the, the hard news is that the beginning of the ghoul is not such a fun time. The good news is, oh, 
we must be in the beginning of the Geula. And after the beginning, you have the middle and then the real thing, and the real thing, the end, the full, the full blossoming. So if we feel like when will Mashiach come one day, we understand we are in the phase that the Parsha and the Haftarah is telling us this is already the beginning. And of course, since we had in the Vua in the year Tashinona Aleph 1991 by the Lubavitcher Rebbe who said, my father-in-law says, the Rebbe Rayat, Balagul of Yudbe Sid Gimel says, the time has come. And now it will all unfold. Just at the end. So, so that Nebuah changes everything. And all the, as we'll see in a few weeks, the Sikh of Parsha that explains how do you relate to those words and the Nebuah and how do you know? How do you understand it? Etc. So, bottom line, we understand that right now we're in a very unique period. It's called Aschalos of the Ula with all the non-fun that not, it's not being fun of Aschalos of the Ula. So, and where were we? So, to go back to the Parsha, where were we? The Arvas Mayav Me'ever Liyardin Yerichos. Right on the other side of the Yardin River, you know, near Yericho, ready, ready. The other side of Eretz Yisrael. Ready to go in. Just like it will be in the future Geula. Standing ready, just on the other side. We're all standing on the other side of the Yardin River right now. The Yardin River in Tyra represents all kinds of Indian. It's not just physically standing on the other side. Not just get on with get on El Al and you go there and you stand on the other side of the river. We are all standing on the other side of the river of Eretz Yisrael, wherever we live, whether we live in you know Borough Park, Flatbush, Miami Beach, L.A., you name it, San Diego, Tallahassee. We're all standing right outside. We're on the other side of the Gula. We're standing in the Yardin. Ready to go into Eretz Yisrael. And especially, we know El Malik Achet, if we hadn't messed up, then the first time going into Eretz Yisrael that's described in the Parsha would have been the final time. Okay, so it was the beginning, and the entering Eretz Yisrael has stretched out for a couple of thousand years. Some 3,000, 3,000, uh, 3,333 years minus 40. So whatever that is. So there it is. And so we're going to end with this. So what are we supposed to do? Now we understand when we are, what time of history we're standing in, according to the Hatsara, according to the Parsha. And we we said at the beginning, that means it's time for an upgrade in our relationship with Hashem and our relationship with nature. You want to get in the in the house? Do you? What do you do? You turn, put the key in the lock, turn it, and turn the doorknob, push, and you're in. That's it. Nope. Maybe once upon a time that was it. Maybe, probably never was. But it sure isn't the way you do it now. Not the way we're supposed to do it. Because the Haftarah is saying, hey guys, 
We're not only describing when we are, when the Aftarah is, what the Aftarah tells us we need to do. So we're just going to um, say a little bit of it, and then we will finish in the second audio. So what do we have to do? The preparation for the Geula is, as it says at the beginning of the Aftarah, Asher lo ish, don't depend on man, don't depend on Ish, don't depend on B'nai Adam. So who should I depend on? Okay. We're talking about, just before the Geulish Lema, the Seder will be, don't depend on people. Including Yidin. It says, Ara HaGether Asher Yitzhak Adam. Cursed is the man who, who depends on people. And we're called Adam. Don't depend on people to help you. Hmm. Then whom? Baruch HaGever Asher Yitzhak Hashem. Only depend on Hashem. You'll be cursed if you depend on people. You'll be blessed if you depend on Hashem. Uh, one doesn't have to be a rocket scientist to see that. That half of the ills in life the psychological ills come from people depending on other people to do things, whether it's at work or personally or relationships, and they don't um, – sometimes, sometimes they do, and some, sometimes people are dependable, and sometimes they're not dependable. Sometimes people are supportive, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes people are dependable in a work situation, and you have a whole staff that you know, you know, you just give every, send everybody a, a – a text message and they're, they're working. You never have to go to work. They're amazing. Sometimes. And then the best guy quits and now you're up a tree again. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we will feel cursed if we only depend on our staff because there will come a moment when the staff is not going to do the right thing and will mess up a very important deal. So if we're not actually cursed by Hashem, we will feel cursed. We will feel like life is just falling apart. Same thing is with emotional support. Sometimes people emotionally support us, and sometimes they don't. And someone, sometimes when we depend on them to emotionally support us at a crucial moment, and they, they walk away, so it feels like we've been cursed. So that's half of the ills that go on in the world. But people depend on other people, and sometimes it works, and often it doesn't. And then they feel quite dark. So, but, as it says, so it says, Curse is a man who depends on men. But, Blessed is the person who depends on Hashem. Hashem has such creative ways that it doesn't always look like he gives us what we ask for, but he, he's always supportive, he's always there, he's always on board. He's not, he's not too busy for us. We are his main thing. We don't overload him. He's our main thing. So this seems to be the avida to switch from, to switch to depending fully on Hashem. Does that mean we have nothing to do with people? No. But just like in the the idea of uh, getting in the door, does that mean from now on, if I want to get in the door, I just say, Hashem, please get me in the door. I don't turn the door knob. No, I do turn the door knob. But I don't believe 
the Avaida is to realize that turning the doorknob is not what gets me in the door. So, since the Pasuk is speaking about the beginning of the Geula, it's understood that when it says, don't depend on man, it's not, the Pasuk is not talking about something that's forbidden. Because if it says, you're not allowed to depend on people. You're not allowed to think that the people, if I call Home Depot, and I say, please, could you just make sure that those, you know, that that Formica countertop is, is, is available when somebody comes to pick it up, thinking that, oh, it, it, it's really important to thank the people who have helped out crucial, but thinking that if not for them, I wouldn't have my countertop is, seems to be a forbidden mindset. Hashem wanted me to have a countertop. If they don't have any in stock and he wants me to have it, it'll come to me anyway. If they have tons in stock and he doesn't want me to have it, somehow I won't be able to get it. So that seems to be a forbidden behavior. Don't think they did it. Although, since they think they did it, we need to thank them profusely. Because they didn't have to choose to be the shluchim to look like the ones who did it. So it's certainly not PC to like, yeah, uh uh-huh, well, you know, I'm so glad that God did this for me. And they're like, excuse me, am I chopped liver? Like, don't do that one for homework. (laughs) People need to be thanked very much for what they do, because they did do the work. They did do put in the effort, and they, they did go to the shelf and get the countertop and schlep it with their own hands, and um, they do appreciate that. Thanks. So they did not have to choose to do that particular mitzvah to help us. So they entered some kind of a partnership with Hashem to assist us. They didn't have to. So we thank them for this that they chose to that they chose to take on the job of doing the mitzvah of being the shaliach through which Hashem sends us the countertop question. So again, so here the Pasik is not talking about something that's forbidden, like you But rather what what is the Pasik talking about? The Pasuk is talking about upgrading to a level where we have a much deeper consciousness that it's really Hashem who's doing it. At the same time, being grateful to the person who took on that job. Okay, so we're going to end here and end here and do one more um, do this in two parts the second part of the mechanics of what does that mean which level of Hashem are you depending on are you re- appealing to when we when we need something we appeal to Hashem and of course we don't think people are doing it Hashem is doing it although those people work in partnership with Hashem but which part of Hashem are we appealing to and why? And why at this moment in history? Why now? 
Why can't we do it just the old way that we always used to do it? You know, you get to the door, you turn turn the key, turn the doorknob, push the door open, and you're in, and that's it. What's wrong with that, and why do we need an upgrade? So that will be in the next part of this wonderful Sikh of Parshas Balak. And in the meantime, may we find ourselves standing, as we say, since we know that we're standing on the other side of the Yardin River, ready to go into Eretz Yisrael, ready to experience that relationship with Hashem and the re- relationship between Hashem and us and the world and Tyra and all of that in its perfection. We're standing there ready to go to step into that and may we find ourselves right now in the Gulamitis Fashlema based on the Shlishi now.